Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Thomas Butler, who's the Director of Freshman Admissions at Long Island University at the Post Campus on beautiful Long Island. Thomas, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having us, John. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to go through this today with you. Well, it is our honor and pleasure. So, Thomas, let me just start by asking you to give us a brief introduction about yourself. How long have you been in admissions, and how did you end up in such a position? Sure. Uh, like most admissions counselors, I don't think anybody, when they're in kindergarten and they say what they want to be when they grow up, <laughs> pick the admissions rep or director of admissions. So it's been a long, winding road. I was definitely one of those kids um, in high school and then into college that was undecided on everything, undecided on a major, undecided on what school to go to, undecided what I wanted to be when I grow up. Um, so really, when I got to college, I, I got very involved with student affairs. Uh, I was an admissions tour guide on campus. I'm just really, I don't like being bored. So I got very heavily involved in some of the extracurricular pieces. Um, and essentially, that just uh, worked its way into this is something I like and I'd like to stick with it. Uh, originally, I actually went into higher education in the student conduct field, which is much different than the admissions field, kind of the, the opposite end of that spectrum. So um, I was there for seven years, uh, worked in that field for seven years. And now uh, I left higher ed, came back, realized that uh, I definitely wanted to be in higher ed. Uh, and then when I came back, I've been in admissions now for about eight years um, at a various number of colleges. So, and this is definitely the right fit, you know, working with students and, and, and having that that back and forth and, and that positive interaction in most cases with students and their families and helping them uh, definitely is where I'm supposed to be. Um, even though I was that undecided, maybe I still am undecided, but um, this is definitely <laughs> a good fit for, for where I ended up. 
Well, we appreciate the introduction, and LIU Post is obviously very fortunate to have you, Thomas, as are we. So let's get right to it, Thomas. I know that LIU recently went through some rebranding. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, for sure. It's it's an exciting time to be part of LIU. Uh, we've really leaned into that one LIU uh, hashtag slogan. Um, we really want to, to maximize all of the resources that we have across our university. So we've got our post campus where I'm at. We've got our campus in uh, in Brooklyn. We've got a global campus. We've got a couple other satellite campuses. Uh, and by becoming one LIU and really merging those campus and, and binding those campuses together uh, really allows us to, to maximize the resources available to our students. So um, that's the biggest thing uh, on an internal level. For, for most students and for most outsiders, the biggest way that you see that uh, rebranding um, is athletically and, and just color wise and logos. Uh, we became one division one university across both uh, LIU Post and LIU Brooklyn, where in the past we were one division one, one division two. So now we're one unified division one athletic program. Uh, we've rebranded our mascot. At, we're now the Sharks. Um, so we're uh, excited about that. We've got some brand new color schemes across campus. So um, some of, of our alum that may be thinking uh, CW post and the green and gold, that's kind of been phased out. And now we're one LIU, uh, blue and gold, the Sharks, and, and it's really kind of taken off uh, around campus. It's really been a lot of buy-in from the student body and, and really from, from everyone in the campus community. So um, it's, it's an exciting point. And, and like I said, the resources really, that's, that's where our students, you don't see it obviously, but the amount of research opportunities, the amount of internships and study abroad, and I'm sure things I'll talk about throughout the day, it really maximized now with the rebranding. Well, we appreciate that overview. And of course, I know a lot of students that are currently there and that have graduated and they have nothing but great things to say about LIU, your campus, your programs, internship opportunities, and so much more. So thanks again, Thomas. And let me ask, what are some of the things that you personally love about LIU Post that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Sure. My biggest go-to for that for that answer, especially for students from Long Island, and obviously we get students from across the country and across the world. We have a great international population, but our bread and butter is really students coming from the tri-state area and from Long Island. Um, and the biggest thing there is, is you get all of the opportunity um, while still being right here at home. You get the best of all worlds. So we have a lot of students that live on Long Island and they want to feel like they've gone away. Um, they want to live on campus and we're able to do that. We're also able to give them a uh, hundred plus academic programs. We're able to give them that D1 athletic experience. We're able to give them the research opportunities. So um, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity that's all for the most part for a lot of our students local and they don't have to get on a plane to go to college. They don't have to um, you know, drive five hours to, to get to those opportunities. I, I, I joke with a lot of families that you know, if I plopped you down in the middle of LIU Post's campus and, and took off a blindfold, you you would not think you were on Long Island. It's a beautiful 300 plus acre campus. Um, so it, it really is kind of the best of all worlds. And then once you're here, the, the, like I said before, the research opportunities were now a top 7% research institution um, by Carnegie. Um, the internship opportunities, taking advantage of being so close to New York City. I mean, we've got everything you could possibly want. There's very few things when when students are applying or when they're looking at us that become um, a, a, an answer where I have to say no to. We, we've got something for everyone, which is which is great. 
Well, something for everyone, one LIU with the Brooklyn campus, the Long Island campus, your global campuses. It really does, like you said, sounds like you have something for everyone. That's terrific, Thomas. Thank you so much. And what can you tell us about your overall admissions process, Thomas? In other words, once students hit the submit button, what happens? Any insight that you could give us on your overall admissions process would be greatly appreciated. Um, it's definitely not as exciting as, as people think it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's also not as terrifying as families think it is. I, I think people have, have made the admissions process into this uh, faceless, nameless monster. Uh, and, it's, and it's not. Um, you know, at LIU, we're, we're going to get about 8,000 applications for our freshman class this year. Um, and we, we look at all of them. We look at everything you will send us. So uh, ev everything from letters of recommendation, essays, transcripts, SAT and ACT scores, if you like to send them, um, resumes, uh, portfolios, auditions. Um, so there's a lot for us to look through. Um, for the most part, um, our admissions office, we break down um, by region. So uh, that familiar face that you're seeing at your local college fair is the same familiar face that's going to read your application. So when I say it's not nameless, it's not faceless. If you're in our Nassau County area, you know, Lorena, you're meeting with Lorena while she's out on the road and she's a nice person. She's good to talk to and she's the same <laughs> person that's going to, to really dig into your application. If you're from Suffolk County, you're going to meet with Jill across the way and, and you're going to get that opportunity to, to actually put a face to that, that admissions process, if you will. Um, so that's kind of the first way we really look through it. Uh, we're really, you know, predominantly we're looking at um, GPA. That, that's our biggest uh, factor. Uh, LIU in, the, in recent years, as, as most schools have, have done some combination of test optional. So right now, uh, at LIU, if you submit your test scores, we will look at them. So we're not test blind. We are test optional. You have full authority on, on whether or not you want to submit your test scores or not. Um, if you do, we'll, we'll take them into consideration and we'll look uh, to see if we can add some some scholarship to you to your application. Uh, we're also going to look in and see, you know, by major, you know, there's there's some programs that require additional. So um, you may hear from some of our, our counselors. You may hear from Taylor if you're if you're out there looking for uh, or needing an audition or to submit a portfolio for any of our performing arts. Um, you may hear from Trina if, if you're out there as an athlete and, and we're going through the NCAA process. So um, there's there's a lot happening and, and it's not this huge uh mechanism it, it's very personalized on our end and ultimately what we want to do is we want to find those students that are successful already and are going to continue to be successful and continue to add value to our campus so uh, there's millions of different ways we're looking forward to find those students um, and and a ton of different ways we're looking to evaluate those students and find out who's going to be the right fit for us and, and who are we going to be a good fit for so um, that's kind of happening all behind the scenes. Um, it's not something you see. We're able to do it very quickly because we, we need to be uh, in the admissions field now. That speed is also one of those things. But we also want to be thorough and make sure we're we're giving every application the, the time and the thought that it really deserves. Well, we appreciate that. And Thomas, what are the different ways to apply to LIU? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? So there are there are a bunch of different ways you can apply the big thing to remember for liu is is we're rolling admission um, there is an early action opportunity on our website uh, but really for for most students once your application is complete we want to turn that application around and get you that decision um, we are firm believers in getting you we shouldn't be the one taking the time you should be the one taking the time to make that decision 
um, once you're admitted. So that's that's the biggest thing that we're really you know trying to do in, in terms of that fast turnaround. Uh, we want to make sure that um, you have the opportunity to evaluate all of your information, right? See what our scholarship is, see what our financial aid package is. So our rolling admissions process allows us to do that in a, in a timely manner. Uh, in terms of ways to apply, we have a website. Uh, our website has the application. It's a fairly quick application that you can do within, um, you know, 15 minutes, I would say max. It's, it doesn't ask for a ton of ton of information from you. Uh, we're on the Common App, which is outstanding. So students can add us and uh, we'll get the information just like any of the other schools. Um, we have in-person ad, uh, admission days. We'll go to local high schools to do instant decision days. So uh, really, if you ever find a, a LIU admissions rep out in the in the world, uh, there's a good chance that they have a paper application on them or they have the ability to quickly <laughs> get you online and get an application from you um, and walk you through the rest of the process in terms of getting your transcripts and uh, any other information that you wanted to give to us. And what is the average profile of the current freshman class? And Thomas, if a student falls lower than that mid-50%, what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? Yeah, so it, it's a great question. And it's it's one of those evolving questions right now, right? In that post-COVID world, um, students that are, since we are SAT optional, students are now only submitting those SATs um, if, if they're good, right? There's students who are not great test takers are not submitting them. So we're, we're seeing, and I think most colleges are seeing uh, enormous growth in their actual 50% in their SATs, right? So ours is going to be up around a 1200 uh, SAT, you know, give or, give or take a few points either direction in terms of average based on the year. Um, and that's definitely gone up uh, after COVID again, that's what test optional is just naturally going to do. Um, and our students, uh, our GPA coming in from high school is going to be that strong B plus, A minus student. Those those are where we're going to find most of our uh, students in the freshman class. Uh, again, you know, we're looking really for that B student, B and above is is really our our bread and butter and what we're looking for. Um, but that's not to say that if a student is above or below, that there's not a way for them to to still make it in. Um, we see students that are outstanding students and they were poor test takers or uh, students that that gave a ton of effort into the extracurriculars and maybe that hurt their GPA along the way. Um, so we're going to look at all of those. You know, it, it's great that the Common App has a question now that talks about the disruption that COVID brought to, to students and to schools. So it gives us a better idea of, of how people were affected because not everyone was affected the same way. Uh, it also allows us to, to dig in in terms of your essay and, and, and see, you know, what kind of person you are. So dig in in your resume if you submit it, what kind of person you are outside of the classroom. Um, so, so we really don't want to, you know, eliminate anybody at any point. Uh, especially when when there's a lot of things that go into making up who a person is or who a student is. It's not just test scores. So, but that's kind of where where we fall in the middle piece. But I definitely wouldn't discourage students from applying to LIU or any other school um, based just solely on on what the middle fifty percent is or or what the average student looks like. the 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 biggest thing is if it's the right fit for that one particular student. Well, we appreciate that. And I like the way you talked about the mid 50% and how more and more schools, they're going test optional. And so the numbers in the mid 50% for all schools that are test optional are probably skewed these days because like you said, students are only submitting test scores when they're very favorable numbers. And so that's going right. to increase the mid 50%. So it's a very good thing to be mindful of. So we appreciate that, Thomas. 
Right. And we've, and we've definitely seen some students that have been discouraged. They see that number and they say, you know, oh, your mid, your mid range on the, on Naviance is, is telling me it's a 1250 and, and I'm only an 1150. I guess I'm not good enough. And it's just not simply not the case. Um, it, it is a mid 50% is the average, uh, but it's, but it's not the be all end all. It's not uh, you know the the hard hard and fast line. We want to really be you know looking for that well rounded student beyond just those quick numbers that you get. Well, we appreciate that. And what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending LIU? And Thomas, do you track such things as part of your overall admissions process? Sure. So we're one of those schools that definitely takes uh, demonstrated interest into. Uh, account in in some way it's not as formalized as some other schools we're not we're not keeping a tally on how many times you come to campus um, I think the biggest thing that really goes into the demonstrated interest is uh, the more you interact with us the more we can interact and find out who you are as a, as a person and and try to find the right fit for you or get you to talk to the right people um, to really find out that LIU is the right place for you so for by all means, when you when you see us out at a college fair or we come to visit your high school or you see us at a national college fair, definitely come in and fill out the card or, or get your, your barcode scanned. That's definitely going to go a long way in letting us track where we've seen you. Um, but interact with the actual person that's there. It will help us later on if you need something that we know who you are or if you're uh, a little bit below that admission criteria that we know that this is still going to be a good fit for you. Um, make sure that you're... you're you're getting what you need out of us. That's that's where it's going to be able to better suit you. It's where we, we're able to talk to you about what SAT scores we're looking for um, so that you're submitting the ones that are going to be beneficial to you versus submitting something that's not going to be beneficial to you. So that's where the interest is really going to be um, most helpful. And then the other thing I would say too, in terms of interest and demonstrating it is is coming to our events on campus. Uh, open We have an open house pretty much every month. Um, we have general tours every day of the week, Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday mornings as well. Uh, so there's really no excuse for students to and their families to not just come and take a look around um, and, and get to interact with some of our student tour guides. Get a, get a good feel for that as well. Again, we'll we'll track that. We'll see who's on campus. But at the same point, you're you're becoming a better informed student and you're putting yourself in a better position to succeed because you're getting the information that's going to be important to you um, in your search process. So um, that's really the biggest benefit of interacting with us, more so than actually, you know, taking a notch uh, on our, our belt saying, hey, here's another person that's come and visited campus seven times. That's seven ch chances you get to really get the information you want. Well, I appreciate you encouraging visiting campus, which I do think is an important piece of the overall process to determine if a school is in fact the right fit for you. So Thomas, if a student is able to visit LIU Post, what are some of the questions they should be asking to help them determine if LIU is in fact the right fit for them? Sure. That's, that process is actually going to start before the student ever steps on campus. Um, students and your and families, we should be doing some research um, beforehand. Find out what's important to you, um, not what's important to other students that have taken tours, uh, not what's important to the person who wrote an article that you read or what's important to um, your guidance counselors. Every student is different. Um, and we want to make sure that, or you should want to make sure that we're going to answer the questions that are really of importance to you. If 
Um, if you're an athlete, start asking questions about athletics and what does that life look like? Uh, if you want to be like I was and you want to be really involved in campus life, uh, ask about campus life, ask about Greek life. That's not going to be important to everyone, but if it's important to you, it's it's worthwhile for you to make that uh, that connection and, and ask those questions. Um, a lot of the things we get and we'll, from most students will answer uh, without even having to ask. We'll talk about class size. We'll talk about what we're doing with the ACT or SAT. Um, we'll talk about those program specific questions. We'll try to get that information out of you. We'll ask, we'll ask you, um, you know, what, what are you interested in? What, what programs are you looking at? Are you looking to study abroad? Are you looking to do research? Are you looking to do an internship? Um, so we'll try to get that information out of you the best that we can. Uh, but if there's something specific, it doesn't matter if it's the first time we've ever been asked that question. Um, ask that question. Do that research. Have your list of questions. Parents, parents sometimes will come in with the with the notebook full of questions, and, and they bust <laughs> it out, and then the student rolls their eyes and immediately feels embarrassment. Um, but it's good. It, it, it makes sure that you're not leaving and saying, "Oh man." I wish I would have asked Tom this question, or I wish I would have asked Rob on, on the tour this question. Um, it, it, it allows you to make sure you're getting that information. Again, the information, you're, you're collecting information at the end of the day and, and using that to make a, a good decision on what the next four years of your life are going to look like. Well, you uh, describe what uh, my family went through when we were visiting campuses with my daughters. So uh, thank you for that. I appreciate <laughs> it. And it's uh, really good advice. And Thomas, as admissions professionals, how do you determine the number of applicants to accept, waitlist, and even deny when you receive far more applications from deserving candidates than your seats available? Yeah, so that's a great question. That that kind of really gets into behind the behind the curtains of of really every admissions process. And <laughs> there's there's a lot of math and science and and data that goes into that to try to figure out exactly. Um, where schools want to be, right? So at LIU, we're blessed. We have a, a huge campus. We're at LIU Post, we're 300 plus, uh, 300 plus acres uh, of green space. We've got a lot of space to, to take in huge classes. I mean, most cases, we would love to take on even more than we uh, admit, right? We have ample residence hall space, so we can really take on quite a large class if we, if we wanted to. Um, obviously, when we do that, we want to make sure that we're making sure we're keeping class sizes small. We want to make sure that you know, first year students are living with one other student in the residence hall, not we're not forcing them into a, a double room and putting four people into it. We don't we want to make sure that we're still giving the people the experience they're expecting when they come here. Um, but there's a lot that will go into it. So we can really be flexible at LIU, maybe more than some other schools that have some space limitation. Um, the other thing that we're, we're finding now is when I applied to school um, ages ago, I applied to four schools uh, and that was it. Um, I met with a student the other day who she's up to 16. Um, so so schools have to factor that in, in the math. Uh, you know, whereas I told three, three schools no, um, she's going to tell 15 different schools no. Um, so the, the acceptance rates are, are all different now than what they used to be. Um, the rates in which students end up accepted students end up coming to campus is different. So um, there's a tremendous amount of math and I won't bore you guys with that, but, but it's not as willy nilly again, you know, it's not that faceless, mindless um, admissions process. There's some science behind it. One of my, 
former colleagues did her entire dissertation on the discount rate, uh, you know, what the scholarship should be, how much should we, uh, how much should we discount tuition and how is that going to affect um, how many students come in? It's fascinating if you're into that. It's probably really boring if you're not. Um, but it, it's really interesting to see how, you know, a, a very small change to a scholarship can have a really big impact um, on on the amount of students that end up enrolling or vice versa, you know, how how that little things here and there um, can really change the, the course of an admission cycle for a school. So there's a lot that goes into it. We're constantly monitoring it. Um, but generally, like I said before, that that bread and butter be being above a student is a student that's going to get into LIU, um, is going to get scholarship from LIU, and is somebody that that if you want to be with us, we would love to have you. If we're admitting you, we we want you, um, and and we can make it work. You know, if we have to add in additional classes to keep class size down, if we have to add open up additional residence hall space to to keep um, the housing population at the right point, we can do all of that. Well, we appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. And getting back to the overall application itself, Thomas, what are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when preparing to write their essay? So I tell students that this is the one point in the application that their voice comes into play. Um, I get to see your transcript, which is a number. I get to see your SAT and ACT scores, which is a number. I get to see your letters of recommendation, which is somebody else's voice. Um, the only point where I really get to hear the student voice is through that essay. So even at some places at LIU, we've made the essay optional now. We don't have to submit the essay if you don't want to uh, or a personal statement. You don't have to. But that's a great opportunity for you to give us that information that's going to let us know who you are as, a, as an individual. So, um, you know, whatever it is you want to write about, it has to be your your voice, your personality shining through. Don't write what you think I want to hear. Um, I want to hear about you. Uh, I don't want to hear about what you think I want to hear. Um, and, and there's tons of different ways to hear. I mean, right now we're, we're hearing a ton of, of essays of, you know, how COVID impacted people. and and how it impacted families. And it's phenomenal to see, uh, inspirational to even, to see what some of these students and families have overcome over the past three or four years, just because it's an entirely different world. And, and that's great. And that, that really shows me how, uh, how you will overcome obstacles in college. Um, some students will come in with some really abstract ways of thinking, and and that's great too. Some people will go with funny. If you're funny, go with funny. If you're not funny, don't go with funny. Um, you know, let it, let it be you. I, I read an essay, the, my favorite essay of all time was a student compared his life to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, um, and the making of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I mean, he told me basically the same thing that millions of other students have told us. Um, but he did it in a way that I had, I read it a couple times cause I, I was, <laughs> I was so amazed by it. Um, you know, talking about the things, you know, he doesn't want to be plain in his life. So when he puts down the peanut butter, that's, you know, things he has to do, but he needs a little jelly in his life. And, you know, if he's feeling real crazy, he cuts the bread diagonally versus um, across the halfway point. So it, it just, he, he, that I could tell that personality came through that he had that abstract thinking of, of the way he wanted his essay to come about and, and who he was as a person, even though he told me a lot of the same things that other people had told me throughout their essays. So, um, that was a great one. Um, 
you know, I see a lot of essays. My one thing, if you, especially if you're applying via the Common App, um, if you put in one essay and you send it to all 16 of your schools and your essay ends with, you know, I, I always use Adelphi because they're first alphabetically. If you write that, and that's why I want to go to Adelphi at the bottom, um, LAU is going to see that. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of awkward. Um, so just, you know, proofread it, have some people look at it, make sure that it's your voice. Uh, and, and you'll be fine. It's 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 a good it's a good thing for your essay. It's not it shouldn't be um, something that brings you dread. It shouldn't be something that brings you anxiety. Look at it as more of an opportunity than than a requirement. Well, we appreciate that, and I like the way you dissected, if you will, the overall application. You said how the transcript gives you a number, the SAT or the ACT. If you submit it, it also gives you a number a letter of recommendation from a guidance counselor or a teacher, that's someone else's voice, but the essay itself is really, students, your voice. So it's your one opportunity to show off your personality and maybe even talk about what you plan on doing to contribute to the LIU Post family. So we appreciate that, Thomas. Thank you so much. And if a student had an IEP in high school, what services do you offer to ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on your campus? Yeah, for sure. We have a ton of support for, for all students, but we, we definitely want to make sure that students that are going to uh, have the IEP or the 504 plan uh, coming from high school are getting the resources that they, they need to make that transition to college. So we have a in our library, we have a learning center, probably similar to most schools have some sort of support, academic support network. Um, and we've got that as well. So within that field, uh, within that office is a tutoring program, peer tutoring. So again, open to everyone. It's, it's resources that are going to be open to everyone. Um, but counselors that are there to really make sure that students that need that extra little bit of help um, are able to get that help. Uh, the writing center is within there. Our academic success workshops are there. Um, our veteran support services are there. Uh, and our disability support services are there. So um, we've kind of rolled them all into one piece so that our students don't have to go to, you know, eight different offices to get that. So if, if a student needs an accommodation, um, they can go to the learning center. If a student um, just needs a little extra help in a class, they can go to the learning center. If a student needs help, um, you know, with a with a paper, uh, just need someone to give it a quick proofread. Uh, it's the Learning Center. It's, it's located in our library. It's not hidden anywhere. It's something that students can very easily access and, and get the resources they need. And that goes for all of our students. You know, like I said, we want to make sure that any student is that's coming to LIU is going to be successful. It doesn't help us at all if we admit a student and then we don't give them the resources to be successful. So uh, even beyond the Learning Center, we have a we call it our LIU Promise. Um, which is an office where pretty much all of our student affairs, all of our academic advising, our financial aid components, study abroad, career services have all been kind of rolled up into one entity. So now, again, students don't have to be running across campus. They get one success coach that's going to help them um, with anything they're going to overcome, whether that's freshman year, registering for classes, sophomore year, building your resume, going abroad in your third year, um, looking for jobs in your fourth year. So there's that one place that they can go. And they're going to partner, going back to the original part of the question, they're going to partner with that learning uh, center to make sure academically students are supported, socially students are supported, um, health, whether that's physical or mental health, that students are supported. So uh, regardless of who you are, where you're coming from, what your background is, we want to make sure that that's a full, healthy, robust support system there. It's not a hand-holding. I, I always preface that with, with parents and students. We're not going to hold your hand. Um, you know, we, we are going to treat students as adults. 
But um, as an adult, if you raise your hand and say, hey, I, I need a little extra help, that, that's great. You know, recognizing that you need that little bit extra, um, we, we're here for you. We're here to make that happen and to make sure you're feeling fully supported um, and get you uh, to that successful conclusion of LIU. We want, we, we want you to be a success story. Ideally, every student that comes here uses all of our resources, does great, gets a great job. Uh, we can put them in our alumni magazines. We can put them in our admissions magazines. And five years from now, we're using them as the as the poster child for why uh, LIU is a great point for the next generation of, of LIU students. Well, we appreciate that. And Thomas, I always put the Office of Undergraduate Admissions link in the show notes. If there are any other resources that you want to provide to the students and their parents, just send them to me, and of course, I'll make them available in the show notes. We appreciate it. And this, Thomas, has been a phenomenal conversation. Unfortunately, it leads us to our last question, which is, what are your top three pieces of advice that you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? This is my favorite question on, on all of the, the, <laughs> the podcasts that I've listened to. from, And I like hearing what the other admissions counselors are. Are, are doing. So if anybody's listening to mine, I definitely did the homework on, on it as well. Um, <laughs> but this is a great question and, and, and it can be applicable in so many different ways. But uh, my first one is to visit, do, do that research. We talked about this a little bit before um, and engage with the admission teams. That, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, don't, don't just apply because your friends apply. Don't go somewhere because your parents went there. Don't don't do those silly things. It should be a unique process to each individual student. So, so do the work that it requires. It, it, it is a little bit of work, um, but the more work you do, the less work it's going to do is going to be for you in the long run. So um, do that little bit of extra effort, do the research, engage with the teams. Um, and I think it'll make your process much smoother. The second one is ask for help. Um, I did a, a parent night for juniors the other day uh, at a local high school and a lot of the parents and a lot of the students were, you know, their first time going away, the first student going to college, they just, there was angst. There was clear, visible panic in some cases, right? So um, that's fine. That's natural. Uh, remember all of the resources that you have available to you. It's not your guidance counselor's first time sending a student to college. They've done this hundreds of thousands of times before. It's not your your high school teachers or principals or administrators or, or your sporting coaches. Um, not their first time. Uh, not our first time at, at any admissions office. Every admissions counselor has done this before. We're going to do it 8,000 times just this, this fall. And we've done it 8,000 times previous falls. So um, the more um, the more help and more you can engage those resources. Um, again, that's what they're there for. Financial aid in every school. So when you get further down the road in your admissions process, engage with financial aid. Uh, talk to the academic support networks that are on campus. Um, you know, talk to some of your other friends that have gone to other schools. Let get the real deal on on what they what they think about college. What don't don't let it be the only thing that you're you're basing your judgment on. But gather all that information. There are people tons of people there to assist schools pay high schools and colleges pay staffs huge staffs um, to to make this process as easy as possible and then my last one 
and I like to tell students this all the time is um, there is a college out there for everyone, um, but not every college is for every single student, right? So finding the right fit, don't follow the crowd. Um, it, it, don't feel like, you know, you have to go to a four-year school, you, you know, community colleges, great. Uh, don't feel like you have to go to a public school versus a private school. There's the right spot for you academically. There's the right spot out there for you financially. There's the right spot socially. There, there is a right spot for every um, and if you do all those other things, do that research, do those visits, you will find it. Um, it might not be, you know, some people are going to find it right away. Some people are going to, you know, have to wander a little bit and they'll find it. Um, but don't don't just get stuck following the crowd or doing what other people think. Um, there is a college out there for you. Um, and, and you might find more colleges that are not for you than, than are. So um, don't don't get discouraged. It's out there and, and it'll turn into a great four years and you know, like in my case, it might turn into a career at some point. So, um, you know, follow that journey wherever, wherever it takes you. Well, we appreciate that, Thomas. Those are great insights and tremendous pieces of advice. I am so happy as I know that this conversation is going to help so many students and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. Thank you so much for being with us, Tom. I hope to have you again soon. Absolutely. Anytime. I had a great time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.